Welcome to the Thinking Man Podcast. Think different, be different, make a difference. From one point of view, every human being is closely connected to us. Therefore, all people must be treated well and tolerated. But from another point of view, insofar as any human stands in the way of actions which are my proper duty, then mankind becomes just another one of all the things which are not my concern, no less the sun or the wind or a wild animal. Though my action could be hindered by one of these, my motivation and state of mind cannot be hindered, thanks to my ability to step back and adapt to any circumstance. For the mind can convert all that hinders its activity into things which help it, all that checks its work into assistance in that very task, and all that stands in its path into an escort on its journey. Welcome, Star. Hey, happy to be here. So that is an excerpt from the essential Marcus Aurelius. So Marcus Aurelius, who was he? He was a Roman emperor back in you know, 120 AD, along that line. Uh, he was a real thinking man. Uh, I won't say he was the first thinking man, but he was a he was a real thinking man. Uh, he was what, he never called himself a Stoic, but it's what we would call as a Stoic. A Stoic is um, of the philosophy that um, you know you need to be very fortitudinal. You need to have resolution. You need to have calmness. You need to have control of your pleasure and your pain. Uh, and circumstances bear no hold on who we are. So this particular one, um, you'll see the meditations of Marcus Aurelius, and there's many, many translations because it was originally in the Greek. Uh, this one happens to be by Jacob Needleman and John P. Piazza. We just want to uh, you know, give them their credit as due. But as we see Marcus Aurelius, what I really like about this book and why they call it his meditations, this isn't his self-help book for others. This was his self-writing for himself. These were his meditations. This was him talking to himself and i love the stoics i believe that you know their point of view is very along the line is along the line of what you and i are always talking about star and what we believe in uh and you know we didn't i certainly didn't and i know you didn't either uh, we didn't read about the stoics and say i want to be one of them right you know we we're reading this and say hey that's my desire that seems who i am those are the things that really you know tweak or it really hit me where I, I, the things that I really believe. So with that, what we're going to do is we're going to embark on this book and uh, just go through some of his meditations. And then you and I are just going to talk about it. And hopefully our, our listeners are really going to enjoy this. Uh, but as always, you know, this is what we enjoy. That's right. Hey, and you know what? And there's going to be other people out there that enjoy it as well. So first he starts off with um, a thanks. Thanks to different family members and it's how our lives should always be breaking out. Does it mean he has some fabulous family and great mentors? Sure, but not always. Right. We can be grateful for anything. As we read through this book, I'm also going to say he refers a lot to the gods, the cosmos, nature, fortune. Uh, I, I would ask all of our listeners just to plug in whatever suits you in those 
different instances, as we're not here to tell you what to think, what to believe. I certainly know what I, I think and believe, and I think you and I are on pretty common ground there, brother. Uh, but, you know, just, just take it for what it is and take in the meat and spit out the bones. So first to his mother, from my mother, devotion to the gods. This is what he's grateful for, generosity. And that one should turn away, not only from hurtful actions, but even from the very thought of them. Also, simplicity in one's way of living, far removed from the self-indulgent ways of the wealthy. So here is mom is start telling him, not only don't you hurt people, but don't even think about hurting them. Yeah, your intentions. Yeah. You know, to live day by day with the intention that, you know, you want to elevate rather than go out there scheming to, you know, to push down somebody else. That's, you know, that's a discipline. Some people wake up with that intention to do that, you know. Rather than the mind says, like, you know, who can I elevate today? Or, or even or even not thinking about themselves. You know, the first thing we wake up in the morning, the first thing we think about is ourselves, what we got to do, where we got to go, what we got to get. Rather than say, who am I going to help today? You know? It's a big difference. Uh, and many people think they have to look out for themselves, and that's how they get ahead. We'll see it in traffic. We'll see it in life. We'll see it on the line in the supermarket. Uh, you know, I saw it today. On the, you know, I was taking the kids to school and it's a, I start to slow down to let somebody back out of their driveway and there's a long line going up to school. The person behind me who's also going to the school wants to pass me. Uh, and they're not going to go anywhere because then the line continues in front of us. Uh, but they, you know, everybody just has this thing where they got to get ahead. They got to keep moving or else they're going to fall behind. Uh, so I think it was good advice from his mom. And then, you know, simplicity in one's way of living removed from the self-indulgent ways of the wealthy. And this is the royal family. I mean, this is the emperor who had whatever he wanted. And his mom is telling him simplicity in one's way of living and don't be self-indulgent. And he realized that it's not just a teaching of his mom. It's him being grateful to his mother for teaching him this and not to be... Uh, you know, have self-denial in itself, but realizing that things just take away from us. Things take away from our focus. Things take away from our lives. And then we think that if I just had more of something, it'll be better. And we start to realize that more things take us away from understanding what we really that, do that, enjoy. It seems like a mirage almost, right? Mm -hmm. And you said something that's key, like, you know, the more of something that you have, it definitely takes time. And, and that's something limited that each individual have is time. So you get more of something or you get involved in this and get involved in that, but it, it's literally taking away your time, taking away and time is your life. You know, time is your life that you're taking away and you're not focused on things that truly is going to enrich you and enrich others and to, I guess, live in a purposeful life, you know, doing things like that. You know, so. How much of society do you think just goes through the motions, not even realizing they're going through the emotions? And then wanting to indulge themselves because they believe that brings happiness and eventually it brings nothing. Uh, you know, what do they have at the end of their life? They've lived a mirage is what they've really lived. They think that's what makes them happy. And meantime, the only thing that is keeping them happy is their avoidance of, of the reality of their situation. So they're focused so much on the busyness of life of always going through the motions so that they don't have to focus on 
the lacking yeah. that they really have in their lives. And if they really just slow down for a minute, they realize it. And the danger of all of that is if having things can make you happy, then what happens when you don't have them? Yeah, 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 yeah. You're being shift just because of things that you have yeah. in life. Yeah, it's not, not a good way to live. And that's why people end up hoarding or they end up wanting to hold on to things because that's what makes them happy. And they believe if they lose it, they also lose their happiness. And that's pretty sad, especially since probably the happiest people you usually find in your life are the people that don't have a whole heck of a lot. That's true. In When I say a whole heck of a lot, what society would deem a whole right, heck of right. a lot. Yeah. But usually they're happy and they have a smile on. They have a peace that other people would pay millions of dollars for. Probably because they realize the value in the important things in life and what they really have. Their family, their loved ones, their health. And what more than to be at peace and to be content. Uh, I'd rather be content with a little bit than have a lot and always be striving and never satisfied. Right. And you see that a lot. You see a lot of people, you know, have, you know, millions and millions of dollars either. You know, they might have fame to them or whatever. You know, they're still happy because they're, it's not it's not the possessions. And a lot of people really need to get that. It's not the possessions that you have in this life. It's about the value that you place on yourself and whoever, you know, you have in your life. That's that's the value. Is how you see your life valuable, that's exactly it. Because possessions doesn't mean anything. Nothing. Yep. I'm going to make you laugh. So my house has a decent amount of storage, right, Star? Yeah. My, my wife said to me the other day as we're organizing. Don't say she say I need more storage. I don't, we don't have enough storage. Wow. I said, you always have enough storage. The only problem you have is you have too, too much, much room. Stuff. You have too much stuff. There you go, brother. <laughs> I'm embarrassed at how many things I, I've thrown out. out. <laughs> yeah, we might have to. From my tutor. I learned about enduring difficulties and requiring little. Well, you have to endure the difficulty no matter what, right? So how you go about it is very important. Uh, you know, you can wake up every day and hang your head low and go through the day. And at the end of the day, you still had to go through everything you had to go through. Or you can keep your chin high, chest out, and requiring little. I like that one. From Diagnetus. Not to be excited by trifling things. I like that. You know, not to get so excited over stupid <laughs> things that mean nothing. Right. In control. Nor to take seriously what is said by fortune tellers. Uh, so, not to be superstitious, not to be so worried about silly things. I like that. From Rusticus. To be eager for reconciliation and meditation. That's great. Mediation, I'm sorry, with anyone who, having lost their temper and caused trouble, wishes to return. So I think that's really good. We, we throw relationships out the window very quickly. But this says if the two really want to reconcile. Right. Speaking about marriage? <laughs> anything, I guess. Not to be satisfied with the mere gist of things. So I think that's part of the thinking, man. Right. Not to just take things at the surface, but to really think you know and i think that's what we want the best for our families our children we don't want our kids just to be automatons robots right. we want them to think for themselves you know what is the what's the right thing to do i was talking with my little guy the other day i don't remember the exact situation 
But he asked me a question, like, what do I do if this and if it means this? It was like a weighing out the value. Yeah. I said, bud, don't think about it. Yeah. Just do the right thing. Right. Because if you think about it too much, at what, what the value is, what it could cost you, negative or positive, it might make you think that it's appropriate to put those things in the balances of right and wrong. Right. right. And that's where you have... Enron and other people that, you know, they've gone really south with what they've done. I won't say these are bad people. I, I don't know them personally to even say that, but they did bad things. And you see a lot of times good people doing bad things because instead of just doing the right thing, they looked at the, at the gain and the loss the and, and yeah, and what do I do? And okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just do this. Um, I'll, I'll, well, I'm not I'll lose that much yeah. or it's not going to be that tragic. Or this is too big of an opportunity to pass up because what right. I can gain Instead of just, is it the right thing to do or is it the wrong thing to do? And I brought it into the context of, you know, you might have to step in and help somebody one day. Could cost you your life. You don't know. It's true. But you can't think about that. doesn't mean that you go in headstrong and blind, you know. It's, it's a matter of doing the right thing. Because if you start weighing it out, should I, shouldn't he, I, what it's going to cost me, you're not going to make the right decision. Right. I say that to my, you know, I always say that to my kids, like, um, you know, I could trust you in any situation if I know you're going to make the right choice. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter where you are. You know, you can't keep an eye on, you know, your kids 24-7. And as they get older, you know, they're going to test the boundaries and do these things and say, look, as long as I know you're going to make the, the right choice, I don't care where you go because I know that you're going to make the, the right, right choice. choice. Yeah. The old uh, adage, every man has a price. So you, know, you can offer somebody, I'll give you $50 if you do this. Ha, huh, no way. A hundred, uh-uh. A thousand, 10,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand dollars. Before you know it, they start to push their morals aside because they start to value, wow, what could I do with that hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars? Look at the things I could do instead of just right or wrong. Or we'll even say, oh, I could really help my family. We'll justify it in that right, way. Right, right. In the meantime, if you're in jail or just doing something wrong or losing the respect of your family, um, they're not really going to think you were doing it for them. But that's how it happens. It's a slippery slope instead of just right and wrong. And even if it's, uh, it's only a little bit I'm stealing or taking, even that way, it's just do the right thing. Right. Just do the right thing. Not to agree too quickly with clever debaters. Again, it's about thinking. Somebody comes across that something that sounds good. It, well, that just may be it. It may only sound good. You really need to think it out. Why are they doing? What's the foundation for their argument? Does it make sense? Is it, is it the right thing to do? Then he has a philosopher tutor, Apollonius. To remain always the same during incredible pains, during terrible pains, and that even refers to the loss of his child, or during long bouts of illness. Wow. Always the same, whether it's pain or pleasure. And he did lose a child or, or two before he died himself. And he says, this is living proof that a person can be both fully engaged and at peace. That's a tough one. Man, that's a tough one, for real. And I don't think he's saying not to have any emotion, not to be affected by it. But if you're living your life with a, a goal 
a mission, a vision, how you live it, no matter what happens, because that goes back to, well, yeah, you can live that way because you've never had anything bad. Well, what is bad? It's relative to each of us. And when we think it's bad, sometimes it can get worse. So that tells us that no matter how bad it gets, and he brings up the death of a child, you need to be stay on point. It's no reason for you to fall apart and the way you're living your life, to give it all up. It is to feel it, but to realize that no matter what, you still need to keep going. And if you're going to keep going, it's better to go in the right direction. Right. Um, how somebody endures the loss of a child, I couldn't imagine. I can't even want to don't want to imagine that. I won't even try to because no. I think it's an insult to anybody who has. Who has. That, um, and they'll tell you, you have no idea. And they're right. I have no idea. Because I believe it goes to the extent of our agony, suffering, and pain that we can comprehend. Because all we can ever comprehend, we can say, this is the worst I've ever felt. Or this is when we imagine something, how I feel. And we think that's how we're going to feel when it actually happens, when really it's so exponentially beyond that mm -hmm. that we are fooling ourselves and insulting anybody else if we believe we can understand but the key is to be at peace as he says from sextus this is another one of his philosopher mentors an understanding of what it means to live according to one's nature to carry oneself with dignity but not as if wearing a mask. What do you think about that one? Um, just being real upfront, you know, I think wearing a mask is work. If you're going out there trying to put an effort to be something that you're really not, um, not, not to say that, you know, if you're suffering through something, you know, to go out there and be, it's a, some, it's a place for everything, right? You know, you can still stay even keel and still stay together, you know, if you're going through something, but, not putting in effort to be something that you're really not, like, you know, when you're even talking or approaching people or in everyday, everyday life. Just be you. Be, your, be yourself. Plain. People will know it. People will recognize it. Um, and carrying oneself with dignity. I really, I really like that. I think that's something that we've lost in society. I love watching newsreels or ball games from the 50s. They're, they're all out at ball games with wearing hats and suits. You know, they weren't all wealthy. It, not by any means, but it was a different dignity that they had. They all referred to their neighbors as Mr. and Mrs., even adults. It was they, when you flew on an airplane or even a bus ride, you dressed properly. There was a certain amount of self-respect. respect. When I was growing up in the islands, I mean, even when I came over here, when you walk past somebody in the street, you say good day or good night. Um, you know, some someone get on a, a lady or older person on the bus. You get up, you give them your seat. Um, you do things like that, where where it was a certain yeah level of respect, a certain, and it was not expected, but you just had you took pride in doing that. Yeah. Like it was the right thing. It's the right thing to do always. And I think uh, I think society has lost our dignity. I think um, our self respect. All the messages. Be true to yourself. Well, that has some enormous repercussions. Carrying oneself with dignity. I believe it. I would say it means don't fall to your debased self. Don't do what you want to do. What you want to do isn't always the right thing. No, 
<laughs> what you want to do is feel sorry for yourself. What you want to do is punch this person in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you want to be rude to somebody, yeah. but that's not dignity. And so I think because everybody is so focused on themselves, they stop respecting others. And they don't think they need to respect themselves. They want everybody to respect themselves, respect them, but they don't respect themselves in the way they even carry themselves. Uh, not wearing a mask. So to make it real, make it part of who you are and fits into your, your life's goal, your life's mission. He also says, unintrusive concern for friends. Hmm. Don't so, be nosy. Don't be nosy. <laughs> but... Don't be nosy. <laughs> Never to reveal that he was harboring anger or any other emotional reaction, but to be unaffected. And here's the balance. Here's the pendulum. Yet at the same time, displaying genuine affection. This causes you to be a thinking man. If you're just going to say, I'm always this way or I'm always that way, you're not a thinking man. A thinking man realizes that there's that there needs to be balance, and as humans we set we sway. So he says, "Don't let anybody ever see your emotion, your anger, your your weakness. Don't let them see where they're going to get you. Be unaffected, but at the same time, display genuine affection." I'll never forget. There was, you know, the, there would always be as we got older a, a friend that you would tease, and you wouldn't tease the guy that was unaffected. You would tease the guy that spazzed right. out when you right. teased him. Right. And it just made it more fun. And I'm not talking about yeah. bullying. I'm talking, you know, friends. Yeah. And, and guys get this. You know, we, we attack, you know, we'll bust each other. We'll do things. And it's more fun to, to bust on somebody that is affected. Right. And the best thing you can do is show that ah, this doesn't bother me. Right. I'm not going to do it anymore. Displaying genuine affection. To give praise without flattery. And how to be extremely learned without being a show-off. Praise without flattery. What do, you, what do you see that as? Being genuine. Okay. You know, like, and, and people know. I mean, if people know you, if you're not wearing a mask, right? If you give a compliment and you're the type of person who doesn't really give compliments or whenever you say something, they know that, well, that's, that's real because he doesn't usually do that or, you know, he's not gonna, the one to just throw things out there. So when you say it to someone, they could take like, oh, yeah, thank you, rather than uh, you just flabbing. No, if you don't wear a mask and you're that type of person and that's the energy that you put off, like, okay, when I say something, I mean it. You know, I don't just use words just to use words. If I say it, that means I'm I mean being, it. being genuine. I like it. And extremely learned without being a show-off. Wow. So take what you know and use it for a reason, right? Yeah. To teach others, uh, not to show off and say, look what, I, look what I know. From Alexander, the scholar of Greek literature in oratory, never to indulge in gratuitous criticism of others. That's the water cooler talk. Mm -hmm. That's, I have no identity, no identity, in myself, I have no opinions that I'm comfortable to make. I'm not a thinking man. So therefore, I'm going to run along with popular thought, what everybody else is saying. And if everybody else doesn't like the boss, I'm not going to like the boss. If everybody else doesn't like that neighbor, I'm not going to like the neighbor. Everybody else wants to criticize this teacher, I'm going to criticize them because there's safety there. From Fronto. The understanding that envy, deceit, and hypocrisy 
are common traits of a leader. I think that's pretty bold because these teachers are teaching the young emperor. But at the same time, they need to be really careful. These emperors at the time, if they didn't like you, you'd die. Yeah. I mean, if you could sneeze in their presence and they could kill you. And he tells them that envy, deceit, and hypocrisy are common traits of a leader. And there's a reason, because sometimes people rise to be a leader due to envy. They want, they do it in a way. How do they get there? By deceit and hypocrisy, saying one thing and meaning another. Because yeah, I have the power. I can yeah. do whatever I want and tell you uh, to do something different. You could paraphrase that and say politics or politician. Now, they're common traits amongst people in leadership positions, but they're not common traits of a leader. Because a leader, a true leader would not have any of those. Because a true leader is not going to have anybody follow him. Not anybody with half a brain. Not a thinking man isn't going to follow a person who is full of envy, deceit, and hypocrisy. Right? You and I, we're going to follow guys that are the real deal and that are real men. And we have no problem following them. Um, so unfortunately, those are common traits of people in power. People want power for the wrong reason. From the philosopher Catalyst. Never to be dismissive of a friend's accusation, even if it seems unreasonable. Wow. It's true. You can always jump into defense of yourself of really thinking back and, and, and having self-examination um, for yourself. And I could speak to that early um, in my marriage where, you know, my wife would say something about me. You can always think of yourself as that good. I'm that good. But you're really not. So you gotta really sit back and say, okay, let me see, let me check myself and see if that's something that I would do. And you don't always wanna tell yourself the hard truth, right? So if someone says something, especially if you respect their opinion, you respect you know, their voice, you really gotta take heed to that and say, okay, let, let me see how that can play out from that perspective, rather than jump in defense and say, no, that's not me, that's not what I do. You know, it's easy to do that. Or you get dismissive. Well, I didn't mean that. You're being silly. Right. You're, you're taking that too seriously. Uh, never be dismissive of a friend's accusation, even if it seems unreasonable, but to make every effort to restore the relationship to its normal condition. Wow. Even his brother-in-law he liked. For my brother-in-law Severus, love of family, truth, and justice. The ability to entertain the idea of a government in which all are equal under the same laws and which is administered according to equal rights and freedom of speech. The idea of a monarchy which values most of all the freedom of its subjects. Also a constant and unwavering esteem for philosophy and eagerness to help others to be optimistic, and to trust in the love of friends. And when you think of Roman times, you think of just these are, these, you know, these are tough warriors. It's a barbaric time. And to hear something like this, it's like, wow. It's pretty incredible. From Maximus. How to rule over oneself and never be carried away by anything. 
Hmm. Hmm. We all, we'll, we'll go to a certain extent and then say, but you don't understand, or you don't know what that person did to me, or I'm normally like this, or I'm a good person, but, you know, whenever you, yeah, whenever you throw butt in there, it just shows what you are. You're a butt. To rule over oneself, and that's the battle right there, Star. To rule over oneself. We all want to rule over others. We can't even get ourselves under control. Never to be carried away by anything. Also, a positive outlook in difficult circumstances. Conduct oneself in a gentle and dignified way. There's that dignity again. Instead of bullying or muscling your way through things, to be gentle. The accomplishment of necessary duties without complaint. Wow. Necessary, yep. Never taken off guard or panicked. Wow. I like that, man. Always yep. ready. Always ready to respond. Never taken by surprise. Doesn't mean you expect everything, but you're prepared for anything. That's right. Whew. I like that. I like that. Never taken off guard or panicked. Never hurried. Here's the balance. Or hesitant. Right? So you don't you're not gonna be rushed. But at the same time, you're not going to sit back. There's a balance. You're going to do it at the pace or do whatever is necessary at the necessary pace using the necessary force. Not being undecided or exhibiting a false kindness. Man, I like that. Never taken off guard or panicked. I mean, what do you... All of a sudden... Things don't usually come at us that we expect. Things come at us that we don't expect. So he's not saying expect everything. He's not saying prepare for every situation because you'll spend your entire life preparing for every situation. How do I handle this? How do I handle this? How do I handle this? But he's saying don't be taken off guard. That guard goes back to being in self-control, being who you are. So now you could take who you are and implant it in any situation and you're going to do the right thing. It's almost like automatic. Never hurried, hesitant, undecided, or exhibiting false kindness. I love it. Helpful and generous. Wow, that's far from being selfish. Forgiving and honest. I'm always amazed. People think it's a strong trait or toughness not to forgive. You know, they think it's tough. Oh, I'm not forgiving them what they did to me. They think that's tough. I don't, I don't the get that. The toughest thing is to forgive. Yeah. That, that's, that's tough. The only thing tougher than forgiving is, or harder than forgiving, is not forgiving. And one of my favorites right here, to present oneself as one who cannot be corrupted in the first place. Wow. In other words, they won't even think of coming to you to corrupt you. Yep. You've carried yourself in such a way that they don't believe that that is even a possibility, believing that you don't have a price that you can be corrupted. I like that. From his adoptive father, Antonius, mildness of temper unshakable resolution wow 
but unmistakable, unshakable resolution in matters which he had determined after due deliberation. I'm already set. Yeah. Good to go. So it's not like you just, get, not like you're moved by emotion. You hear something and you jump, okay, that's what we're doing now. Let's go. <laughs> this is after you've, you haven't been hesitant. You haven't been hurried. You haven't been panicked. You're not undecided. But now you've taken in all the facts, all the information. You've determined this is a path that you are going to go on because it's the path that needs to be driven down. And you're not going to turn back. Unshakable resolution. What is unshakable resolution? What, what does that mean to you, Star? It means that you, you've come to a conclusion that this is what it is and you've gotten all the information that you need to make that decision you made it and that's it there's no pulling you back there's no uh waves being tossed back and forth in your head you already there and and that's just knowing who you are and once you know who you are and you make that choice that's it there's no there's no more changing that yeah. obstacles aren't going to change your mind no nope. you know obstacles are just part of the path to have no empty vanity with respect to so-called honors. So what we want is the real deal. We're not out for things for honor. We're, we do things because they're right. And if there's honor in that, so be it. If there's honor to be, to be bestowed upon us for that, so be it. That is not our purpose of the honor. We live an honorable life. And in living an honorable life, honorable people will notice it. But we don't do it. We're doing the right thing for the right reason. Right. Often people do the right thing for the wrong reason. True. You know, they'll they'll do something because they want somebody to praise them. Right. They did the right thing. But but it's for the wrong reason. Yeah, the intentions behind it. I'll give the example of, you know, I'll kiss my wife goodnight and she's and she'll say, Oh, thank you. And I tell her, Well, I'm supposed to. Right. <laughs> you need to do it for the thank you. She'll tell you know, and she goes, What do you mean you're supposed to? You're supposed to kiss me because you love me and you want to. Right. Well, I, I did it because I'm supposed to, and I knew you would get. I knew you get mad, so I do it. Right. Right. And I and I know you like it. Well, I don't want you to do it because you know yeah. I, I like you to kiss me goodnight. I want you to do it because you want, want to do to. it for the right reason. Uh, you know, the same thing. You want your your children to do things for the right reason. You want your wife to do things for you for the right reason. You know, you want her to. You want her to do something for you because she loves you, not because she thinks that if she doesn't do it, you're going to get mad. Yeah. Out of, out of more out of, you know, sometimes it could be out of duty. Like, yep, we married. I'm married to you, so this is what I do. No, not because I want to take care of you. I want you to feel good as a human being because I want to, you know. Coming from that place is much better than, oh, I'm just going to do it. Because I want to put you first. A love of work and perseverance and a willingness to hear any suggestion for the good of the community. To be open-minded, in other words. When to exert oneself, when to let go. There's a balance. There's a balance. That's a tough one. You and I have spoken. That's one that mm -hmm. I, um, I don't trust myself in. And I, I tend to be too laid back um, because I, I, I don't want to exert myself. Because you're going. Yeah, I don't, I don't, way. I don't know how to, I don't know how to put a regulator on. Yeah. Um, and I'm always trying to work on that because it ends up, you end up missing out on a lot of things if you just automatically sit back. And the same thing if you're always exerting yourself, that's not good either. Yeah. You know, there needs to be a balance. A, a balance in there. You don't want to go all David Banner mode. Yeah. 
to make use of the many things fortune, capital F, this is one of those things I was talking about, provides which contribute to the comfort of life modestly and without apology, apology, so as simply to enjoy them when they are present and not to miss them when they're gone. To realize that the things we have, whatever it may be, are a matter of part of choices we made, but also so many different things that come into place that it just is what it is. And just to enjoy what you have, no matter how much or how little, modestly, without apology, you shouldn't have to apologize for anything either. I always love, it, it seems like uh, some people just hate America and I don't know why. They seem, they think that we're too privileged instead of just enjoying it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what that means, too privileged. Or sometimes you'll have people that are really wealthy and they hate their wealth. They don't hate it enough to give it away. They don't hate it enough to let anybody take a dime. But they hate the idea of wealthiness and they want everybody else to give it away. To enjoy them that when they're present and not to miss them when they're gone. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And then they talk about Socrates that he was able to abstain from those things which most people are too weak to abstain from and enjoy what most people cannot enjoy without excess. Reminds me of that movie, You Can't Handle the Truth. Yeah. You know, Abstain from things that most people are too weak to abstain from. I love that. And to enjoy what most people can't enjoy without excess. Some people, everybody wants more money. They want to hit the lottery. We were talking about the couple that won $500,000 on a scratch-off a few years back. Part of the news story was they, were, they got an eviction letter that day. $500,000. Three years later, know where they are now? In jail. Why? Because they were caught robbing homes. Wow. So some people don't know how to enjoy things. They're just doing more. What they were doing before the money, they just do. They just yeah. did more of it because now they have that resource to do more of, of whatever they were doing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, money doesn't change really your habits. If you yeah. have bad habits, you're just going to have even more bad habits. Back, back to doing the right thing. It goes to, you know, how we'll raise our children and trust them. We don't automatically trust them with something great. It starts off with small things. Yeah. And even with finances, we want more. Well, what are we doing with what we have? Yeah. If we're not controlling that properly, why would we why why would we want more? We wouldn't even know what to do with it. Yeah. So again, this is still his just being grateful. Those are the things that he is grateful for. Those are the things that he just talks about that. Hey, these are things that I'm so glad that I learned. Notice he's not, he's, there's many things in our lives that were taught to us, but we never learned. These are things that obviously he held on to and he learned as lessons that he was going to, to live by. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. And all wisdom is, is taking what we know applying it. and applying it. There you go. Because mm -hmm. people know the right thing to do. Yep. When they don't do it, they're called fools. A lot of them end up in jail. We call them idiots. Mm -hmm. They do stupid things. But they knew better. They knew better, <laughs> but they still did it. 
And that's where ignorance comes from. My definition of ignorance is willfully ignoring what you know you should or shouldn't be doing. Right. And that's just ignorance. That's, that is being stupid. So when he starts off, we're at book two. And these are his writings to himself. Today, I'm going to encounter people who are ungrateful, arrogant, deceitful, envious, and hostile. So what do you think he means by this? Is he just saying, ah, it's going to be a crappy day? No. This is what it, this is, what it is. This is life. So the, is that going to change who you are? You already know it's coming. You already know all these things are waiting for you as soon as you walk out the door in the workplace, in your own life. It's going to happen. So how is that going to define you? Right? It's not. And he goes on to say, insofar as I have comprehended all this, I can either be harmed by any of them, mm -hmm. for no one else can involve me in what is shameful and debasing, nor can I be angry with my fellow man or hate him. He goes, I'm not even mad at him for being that way. He realizes that he's a thinker, that he's seeing things that they don't. So they're going around being ungrateful. And he said that they're not going to involve me. Yeah. <laughs> they're arrogant. They're deceitful. They're envious. They're hostile. Let none of that be named amongst us as thinking men. Right? As thinking men, we want to get be in control of ourselves. That's what this is all about. Start thinking about what we're doing so that we're not a cause of suffering for anybody else. But instead, instead we're there as a, as a beacon of hope, as a life raft, a life preserver, whatever it may be, a strong arm to help somebody else. Uh, but he says, listen, I'm prepared. None of them are going to affect me, my mission, my journey, what I need to do. And I think that's part of the problem. Many of us don't go into life with, what are we looking for? Instead, we're looking for circumstances. Oh, I want this, and it's a thing. What's a thing? Instead of how do I want to live my life? Where do I want to get personally? And those are the, that's having a vision. That's having a mission. That's having a goal. And with that, then, that's great. You can have a mission. We can have a vision. Vision. We can have a goal. But how are you going to get it? How are you going to get there? That's the strategy. And with the strategy, there's the tactics. And that's part of the things that we're discussing in our podcast is to open up my eyes. Where do I want to go? What do I want to be? How do I want to get there? But more importantly, what are the things that are holding me back? And what are things that I can do? And that is where the tactic and the strategy comes into play. And just taking back control, control of our minds, control of our lives. Uh, we need to realize that our mind goes on autopilot. We don't realize it, even when we're driving. Our mind looks into the future a few seconds and looks for normalcy. It will alert us, the subconscious, if something is out of the ordinary. Somebody steps out on the road. Sometimes we don't even, even green light, red light, yellow light. It's our subconscious taking care of it. But if something that our mind is predicting of the future of the next few moments goes astray of what should happen, then it alerts our, our conscious and we say, oh, here we are. <clears throat> now, our subconscious and our mind are great. But unfortunately, they want to keep us lukewarm. They don't like change, better or worse. You exercise a lot during the day. At night, all of a sudden, you get really hungry. Your body mm -hmm. says, hey, 
we got to feed back in whatever whatever went out. You want to go for a change of career or promotion and your mind starts talking to you. The weak man, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, why should you do this? You can't do this. What have you done so far? That is your mind almost as an overprotective... Yeah, protect you from the pain. Yeah, but really protecting you from growing. Right. Picture the overprotective parent that all they want to do is shelter their child. Are they helping their child? No. Because no. part of it is how did this, that child grow? By learning, by stretching, by going out a little further. Falling. Falling. If all we do is shelter, then we haven't taught that child anything. Well, we can do that with our own selves. I mean, we shelter our own potential. You know, a lot of times we're afraid ourselves to stretch and to be uncomfortable. And that, you know, prevents us from growing ourselves. And I think a, a lot of times, you know, you know, with growth, it's just people have to come to the point where enjoying the process until you get to where you need to go. And even when you get to where you need to go, there's somewhere else to go right after that. So even, you know, for exercise, and, and for instance, a lot of people say, you know, I hate exercise, right? So I said, um, you got to look at the process as a different way because all they're looking at is the process being painful, being monotonous, being this, where they got to look at it as a different way as far as going through that process. And once they change their mind about the process, it makes the journey a little bit better. Yeah. You know, they, they can say, okay, I can do this. I can go through it this way. But you got to be engaged with the process because you don't have a choice but to go through this to get that. The obstacle is the way. It is the way. If your your mission, your vision, and your goal is that you want to get in shape and be healthy, then you need to – and then, then you start looking at the obstacle not as something that's a hindrance, but it's a way to get where I need to, right. need to be. So you, you said something that we're our own hindrance. So how does that make sense? If I want to get ahead, I want to do something, but I'm hindering myself. We start to realize I'm battling myself. That's the mind. There's, you know, who we are wants to move ahead and do things. And that big brother, that safety feature in our mind that wants to keep us all snuggled in and safe, that says, no, 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 change is dangerous. Even if it's good change, it starts to trick us into into not doing things and into complacency. Uh, and that's where we need to be very careful with our lives and we start to realize that nothing should really be holding me back from my goals, my mission, my dream. And that's why we spoke a little earlier and, and Marcus Aurelius had said as well, um, to be in control of oneself. Once we realize that, we realize that there are only it's that that's that weak man inside that's the it's big brother of the mind wanting to control and keep safe and people enjoy that because they go on autopilot and what autopilot means is i don't have to respond i can react instead because whatever my body feels and whatever my mind thinks body mind same i'm just going to do that because if it feels it thinks it wants it it must be normal Mm -hmm. and it takes us into our society of if it feels good do it be true to yourself. And that's how it's all so wrong. We end up limiting ourselves if we really believe that. If something inside of us really wants to strive and do something, we do need to, I won't say fight ourselves, but we need to get that other self, the weak, that weak person, why doesn't he want to get up? we got to start to teach him to come along. 
that it isn't so bad. Like you gave the example of the exercising. It's giving a different perspective. What we're doing isn't bad. It isn't going, it isn't going to harm you. It's actually good. Looking at the bigger picture at the other side of it to make that other person so we don't have to fight them all the time. Right. That we can teach them to come along. That this isn't almost tricking big brother, our mind. And there's a lot that isn't known about our mind. There's studies. There's thousands and thousands of brilliant scientists around the globe studying the mind. All different aspects of it. I, I guess... You say something, be true to yourself. I said, you know, something just came across my mind, flashed across my mind. And people probably need to put in perspective, be true to the future you. Yeah. The present you doesn't want to be the future you. But if you have in your mind the future you and where you want to be and what you want to do and what you want to accomplish, you got to be true to that because the, the, the present you have to do things to get there. So if you're true to the future you, it doesn't matter. You're going to do those things that's uncomfortable to reach the, the future you. So, yeah, hey, be true to the future you, where you see yourself and where you want to be. I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind because it's foreign to the way you and I think. There's some people that aren't thinking about the future them. Mm. They're that's thinking, crazy. they think about just what they want. They don't understand where they're going. They're like mats in a maze, they're rats in a maze just following cheese. And that's where people need to wake up. Now, most thinking men are going to be like you and I. And really, we just need to get together and band together and realize, listen, we're not crazy, man. We are strong. And we're, we're, we're in the minority, without a doubt. There's so few of us that we would believe that there's something wrong with us because we're not going to find many, many other people that are going to get together and talk like we do. Everything else is going to be a bunch of sheep just letting their mind control them, sort of like the Matrix, where they're just really happy in blissful yeah. ignorance they don't want to think about things their future all they think about is comfort they don't know what comfort is they think about things they don't understand why they do what they do they don't even want to think about why they do what they do they are just they want they they enjoy being slaves to their mind and their impulses because they don't have to think they don't have to plan they don't have to do anything they could just sit back and cruise so You'd be amazed how many people don't think, Star. And and that's crazy. You just say the Matrix. I love that movie, man. Um, <laughs> when when Neo realized that okay, I'm the one, and you stop seeing the Matrix, you stop seeing the mirage and everything that's around. You look what he had to face, though. It was tough at first, but once he understand who he was. Everything began to slow down for him. Yeah. <laughs> His whole view changed. Right. The whole view changed. Yes. I like this one. This is about procrastination. Remember how long you have been putting things off and how often you have received an opportunity from the gods and have not made use of it. By now, you ought to realize what cosmos you are part of and what divine administrator you owe your existence to. Wow. And that an end to your time here has been marked out. And if you do not use this time for clearing the clouds from your mind, mm -hmm. it will be gone. Basically and so will die. you. Basically, you're going to die someday. Yeah. What are you waiting for? That's what he's saying. What are you waiting for? You have a mission. You have a goal. You have a plan. You have a strategy. You have tactics. You, you got to go do it. And use this time for clearing the clouds of your mind. That's all the thoughts pulling you to and fro from what is important. Eventually, it's all going to be gone. 
Now is the time to do it. Procrastination is, um, it goes back to the fear. Fear of failure, but also fear of success. Let me put off the change. Let me put off what is necessary to initiate this positive change, the positive things in my life. And the other part of your brain, we'll call it autopilot, call it the weak man, whatever you want, steps in and goes, whoa, hang on a minute. This could mean discomfort, discouragement, pain, a slap to your ego. Maybe it's best we just sit back. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Let me find something mindless and useless that we can now, uh, that isn't on our prioritization. You know what I, I know what I think procrastination is? I think it's a drug. It's a drug that somehow we can't get enough, enough of. And once we taste a little bit of it, it, it seeps in and it's like we got to get high every day. Yeah. It's, it's very, it's very sad. And I, you know, at times I deal with this, it's like, I'm just going to take a little bit, then I'll get to it. You never get to it. You take that little hit. And you need more, and then all you in La La Land yeah. <laughs> can't find your way back to some kind of discipline. It's a drug, and it's not really a. Dr- it's a. It's a drug that we always wish that we could kick and never and never knew. Each and every hour, make up your mind steadfastly. He doesn't say every day. Wake up every hour. Think about what's going through your mind and what you're doing, and reset yourself. Sort of like we're. We're out in the field someplace and we got some place to go. We're on a mission. We got to go get water, whatever it is. You don't just walk and walk and walk. And after five hours, you and I look at each other and we go, gee, we're not there yet, Star. We should have been there hours ago. Yeah. Are we going the right way? I'm not sure. I think so. You know, sort of every hour. Are we on the right track? Are we on the right path? Instead of waiting till you're so far off the path and correcting... Just stay on the path. Each and every hour, make up your mind steadfastly as a Roman, as a man to accomplish the matter presently at hands with genuine, that's the word I can't pronounce, S-O-L-E-M-N-I-T-Y, some slim, solemnity, whatever. Okay, loving care, independence, <laughs> and justice. And to provide yourself with relief from all the other worries and you will achieve this if you perform every action in your life as if it were your last. Putting aside all aimlessness and emotional resistance. That's that emotional resistance, what your brain, that weak man tells you to do, to the choices of reason. And all pretense, selfishness, and discontent with what has been allotted to you. Wow. Do all of these things as if it's your last action. Every action in your life as if it were your last. So if you're a last, you wouldn't just be steadfast about doing it. You would make sure that you did it properly. See how few things are the things which a person must gain control of in order to live a peaceful and godlike existence. How few things... A person must gain control of. There's only one, himself. You, yeah. For the gods will ask nothing more from the person who does so. And he says, go ahead, be destructive. But you might not have another opportunity 
to honor yourself. That's that dignity to live your life the way you should. I think we all see our children and loved ones in one way and then they go in another. Because they don't see themselves as we do. They don't have the same perspective. We have a better perspective when we see a loved one or a person or a child. We see all the potential. That child usually sees in themselves all their shortcomings, their perceived shortcomings, their limitations, their emotions telling them you're not good enough or you're afraid or you'll get hurt and they end up being limited. Sometimes you meet people, even children, that you go, they're going to be somebody because they're not ensnared they're aware. by all of those things. They're aware. They're aware. Mm-hmm. And, and it's such a delight and it brings such pleasure. And other times it's so disheartening when you see a child carrying himself with his head low. You know, because everybody has a genius. Everybody has some... All of us have a place in life where we can be really fabulous. And not for ourselves, but for other people and really enjoy life. Yet you go around, look around yourself in the supermarket, in the streets. Adults. So dismal. So broken. Where was the happy child, the smiling child, the child with such a future? That autopilot with all the fears and all the anxieties and all the emotions took over and they'll never truly be happy and they're really just biding their time they won't say they want to die but they're really just going through the motions of life until it's time keeping the suffering to a minimum in their mind Mm -hmm. instead of thriving and enjoying life and being what they would have should have could have been until next time think different Be different, make a difference. And as always, we welcome your comments and feedback and questions. Uh, We can be found at Thinking Man Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course the website thinkingmanpodcast.com. Look forward to hearing from you.